Welcome back to This Is Jazz Today. My name is Nick Finzer. I'm here with Alan Blanchard, and we have a brand new playlist for you. Well, actually, it's not brand new. It's just brand new additions to the playlist. If you don't know where to find the This Is Jazz Today playlist, it's on Spotify. It's not on Apple Music. It's on Spotify. So go to Spotify, search This Is Jazz Today, and you'll find it on the outside of the music account. Alan, thanks for putting together another edition of our playlist. Yeah, of, of course. You know, it's always... Um... I feel like I say it every month, but I mean, that's what we like to do is see what's what's new out there and become very strongly opinionated over whether we like it or not. Sure, sure. You know, one thing that came out on Friday that's not on this playlist, I'll give it away. There's Chick Corea had a record come out on Friday. It's not on the playlist, Alan. It is not on the playlist uh, <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. One, I mostly forgot that it came out on Friday. Let me make that perfectly clear. <laughs> My baby so forgot. Uh, yeah, my biggest pet peeve, honestly, with this playlist is when I'm searching for like June or whatever, I'll go back and I'll find and be like, wow, Brad Tur Turner and Seamus Blake put out an album last month. Why was that not on the playlist? So, I mean, we only do 10 tracks. There's always something that's going to get left off the playlist. That's true. I mean, that's why that's why there's a playlist. You got to make choices. Yeah. But there's some really legendary names on this month's playlist. So that's pretty exciting. Well, legendary names and also some new names. So, um. I'm excited to kind of go through and talk about this. So yeah, starting with legendary name, Abdullah Ibrahim. Let's Yeah, roll with I that mean one. this is interesting that it's uh that you describe it as a legendary name because I had no idea of Ibrahim Ab uh, uh or Abdullah Ibrahim at all. Oh yeah, so, he's been around for a long time. Yeah, and you know, I read up some on it and you know, he's from um South Africa. And his group, uh, the Jazz Epistles, was evidently like the first South African group to record a full-length jazz album, um, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. And so he puts out this new album um, called The Balance, where he, he kind of talks about like he, you know, he's like 80 now. And so he he talks about how like his entire life he's learned is just living in a in a balance, uh, dealing with like what is the past, what is now, and what has to come is the way that he looks at it. Um, and he goes on to explain that like this idea is that we reflect on the past. We know there's a future to come, but for us, the most important thing is dealing with the present now. And that is the way that we play the music. So I thought it was really interesting for me, honestly, like the, the music is, is killing. Like it's a phenomenal record. What was really interesting was reading about like him in general mm -hmm. and his, uh, his talks, like people like Nelson Mandela has, have called this man, like the Mozart of South Africa. Um, yeah, he's pretty legendary. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that just goes to show that you don't learn nearly enough in school. Uh, uh <laughs> we can't cover everything. <laughs> yeah. But like, I would, I feel like I should have at least heard of him from now. Well, Fine. what about, did you hear of Hugh Masakela? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know Hugh. I mean, I so don't, I don't know Hugh, but I know Hugh. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you sort of knew, but maybe not fully. I guess maybe, but I mean, like, again, it's, it's a ridiculous, uh, album. It's a very, uh, and it's interesting because like, even the cover artwork is like just a shot of him in black and white. So like, it has that vibe of like something <laughs> that seems much more important than a jazz album. Um, yeah. especially since like a lot of their album artwork we've talked about recently has been like, you know, cartoon <laughs> artwork or something. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think people, People will uh, definitely dig it. It's it's killing. Amazing. Well, I'm gonna have to check that one out. I haven't 
gotten to listen to this record just yet, but uh, obviously, you know, somebody, an octogenarian, is that what you would say? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll take that. Is he 80? Is he 80? I don't remember. Uh, 84. 84. So yeah, you know, octogenarian. That's a new word for uh, me too. So now, moving to number nine, again, we, we don't really, we're not ranking these in terms of like number nine is better than number 10, but it's just the order to make a nice little playlist. So number nine, Marlene Rosenberg, The Baron. Yeah, uh, someone else I had never heard of was uh, Marlene Rosenberg, who is a bassist and vocalist out of Chicago. Um, just put okay. out this record that also has like Kenny Barron on piano, uh, which I'm assuming is the driving force behind this title. Um, Lewis Nash on drums, Maybe. McBride's on bass on two of the tracks, uh, Thomas Burrell sings, and Robert Irving the third sings. Um, and it's a really good record. I was mostly, you know, since I had never heard of Marlene Rosenberg, uh, interested in because of the rest of the band at first. Sure. And then I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, and I picked this track because what I thought was like, I, you know, I put it on. I was like, oh, this must be Kenny Barron. And then um, I heard like, like it's like an AABA form. And the very end of the A sections <laughs> has literally the uh, the lead in to uh, Voyage played. <laughs> That's like a part oh, of the yeah. composition. Yeah. And I, I found that uh, funny. You know, it's the small things in life. That's the, the nerdy things in life. Definitely the nerdy things in life, which, you know, yeah. speaking of which, someone said that that song was written by James Moody. What, Voyage? Yeah. Oh, that would be news to me. Okay. Not because something that I heard you know before. it as written by Kenny Barron, correct? That's who I thought wrote it. Okay. I mean, maybe he stole it or maybe somebody miss attributed it all right i just wanted to make sure you know because like there's definitely those times where like someone that is uh older than us you know people even older than you um say that yeah, i'm so old yeah right they say something is actually by somebody and we're like oh damn is it really you know like miles davis compositions or whatnot so i just want to make right, sure i wasn't right. losing my mind there no, I don't think so. I don't. I never heard that ever before. But it doesn't mean that that's not true. It just means I. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm gonna have to dig. Now I'm gonna have to ask somebody that knows. I have to ask. Um, maybe we should just ask Kenny Barron. <laughs> All right. Well, the album uh, MLK Convergence is actually has a double meaning. Um, it's based off of the acronym of this trio that they have of Marlene Rosenberg, uh, Lewis Nash, and Kenny Barron, with you know their initials MLK, but it's iconically uh, for the great American uh, spiritual leader and, and moral leader, Martin Luther King, um, where they say that they take on this idea of uh, a combination of music and, and activism to uh, help inspire their original compositions with like current social conditions. And everything. So good record. Mm -hmm. You know, I think people definitely enjoy it. It, uh, you know, even has um, some, uh, references to stevie wonder you could say like uh with the closing tracks um loves in need of love today um which kind of references some of his lyrics and whatnot so good track or good yeah number. i wonder if some of the other ones are referenced to other jazz musicians because if you start looking at it in that way uh some of them like could be about other people as well like i who? wonder i don't know the full story but i will have to uh let people go and investigate i think yeah so moving on to number eight, the, we said legendary names, and now we're moving on to maybe a new name here. 
not everyone on the album is a new name, but uh, why don't you introduce us to this next track? Yeah, so this is someone that I was introduced to um, through a, a friend of mine who evidently is uh, from South Florida. I think he went to uh, Dreyfus or something down there, um, which to people that don't know is like a really big art high school in South Florida. They do like the Essentially Ellington and, and all that. Um, and he goes to uh, Michigan State right now, and he just put out a record with Positone called Get Right, um, which, like, the lineup on the record is phenomenal. Uh, it's Marcus Howell's record, who plays alto saxophone, and I'm sure some of the other saxophones and whatnot. But he has, like, Joe Magnarelli on the record, Mike Dees on the record, Rodney Whitaker, um, Luther Allison, and Art, I uh, can never pronounce his last name, Hirara? Hirahara. Thank you. Um, and it, it's a phenomenal record. I just picked the blues off of it because I just wanted to hear them play a blues. Um, sure. <laughs> but the rest of the record is phenomenal. A lot of like original compositions, uh, by Marcus, who also, I think has been on some of Michael Dees's, um, records, at least like some of maybe his positone releases. Yeah. I think Mike did one that had all like a bunch of his students on it. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously like Michigan state has no school to um, think lightly of, like they've always known for having good musicians come out of there and whatnot. Uh, and, you know, it's just someone else making a, another um, debut release with, with Positone with great musicians uh, playing with them. Totally. Nice. I'll have to check it out. I haven't, uh, I think I, I must've heard him on Mike's record, but I didn't know that it, his name maybe at the time that I heard it. Oh, but I'm sure it's a swinging for affair. not knowing everybody. Swinging affair. A swinging affair. Oh, That's what they Jesus. used to say in Downbeat when they would review records, oh, right? Oh, my God. A swinging affair. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talking about uh, Basie and Ellington. Oh, it's a swinging God. affair. Yep. yep. <laughs> Got to stop that one. No? I should stop saying that? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on then. So Brandy Younger, uh, harpist. Yeah. Did you know Not about Brandy Younger? Have you not known about Brandy Younger? Yes, another person I have not known about. Okay, well, yes. All right. <laughs> I knew who she was for a while. So, uh, freaking jazz harpist right here um, with this killing record that came out, uh, Soul Awakening. Um, and phenomenal band, first off. Like people like Desron Douglas on bass and EJ Strickland on drums. Um, Ravi Coltrane is also on the record. Um, a uh, personal highlight of mine is Sean Jones is on this track, you know, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, sure. But yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like there's, uh, and, and like the songs have different, you know, double meanings and whatnot. Like the, um, there's a save the children, which is a cover of a Marvin Gaye song um, from what's going on. I think um, who oh, okay. uh, she dedicates to like the 2012 uh, Sandy Hook elementary school shooting. Um, and, but yeah, there's like ridiculous people on it. Uh, Wyclef's, uh, sons on here, Corey Wilcox, um, and sure. Chelsea, uh, Baratz playing tenor sax. Baratz, yeah. Yep. Someone else I didn't know. See, this is, uh, just me over here. That's okay. <laughs> you didn't live in New York. You don't know. This is people, true. This but they're all people on the scene. I think that's yeah. very important to point out is that I have never been to New York. So let's just make sure we keep that. You've never even been to New York. I've, I thought you've at least been to I've New never York. been to New York, man. Okay, well, that'll change soon. Yeah, well, eh, who knows? Anyways, look, the record is phenomenal. Um, it's definitely 
not straight ahead. I would not think anybody should get like a, a, a feeling of that going into it. Like there's a lot of R&B uh, and soul music um, infused into the playing, uh, as you can imagine with the title of Soul Awakening. Um, but it's it's ridiculous. I have never like I've heard of a couple people that do jazz harp. Like I know uh, I think Print Up's wife plays jazz harp and has like she been on a couple does, of his yeah. albums. Yeah. And then um, I know Billy Childs has been using harp some in his um, um, jazz small ensemble thing but it's interesting you know because like i don't even hear enough like harp in general so when we add on um jazz to it i guess i'm more intrigued i don't know but it's it's cool it's a great record i think people will definitely uh enjoy listening to it and like the different uh timbres it's able to cover and all that yeah um do you know um edmar castaneda there's another another harp guy right he's from um where is he from He's from South America, but um, he, you know, I mean, the reason that I know him from is because Marshall used to play in his band, Marshall Jokes. Okay. Uh, it was trio, trombone, harp, and percussion. How about that one? That's, um, uh, that's interesting. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> pretty, he put, but he plays a diatonic harp. I don't know if Brandy's playing a di- diatonic harp or a chromatic harp. But Look, we're getting too much into the way that the harp is built, which I know, I know we're, we're getting really detailed. <laughs> I know. That's okay. I also think, um, never mind. It doesn't matter. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> All right, uh, we have to include this one here, uh, the sole uh, outside in music release that's on this uh, play whole playlist. I think maybe there's no, no. There's a couple other people, but generally we don't include our people. But we had to include this one from uh, jazz at Lincoln Center baritone saxophonist extraordinaire. That's Paul Nedzella. And that's from his uh, the single from his new release, which comes out in a couple of weeks here. But uh, this is uh, his tune, Lisa. Yeah, and I mean, it's look. I don't try and put our stuff on here, and I think it's not not because I think it's bad, um, but I think it's just because like I already know it's coming, so I try and find new things. Um, right. But I'm a huge fan of of Paul Nadzella. Uh I I love um, when Barry Sachs sounds good. Uh, is, is a great thing. I mean, there's, there's like very few times, uh, and we've joked about this before where like often I like writing for like bass clarinet or something instead, but there's some people like if I had them, uh, playing Barry Sachs, that would be incredible. And one of those is Paul. And so, uh, he does this, uh, homage to, uh, Canberra Adderley with the tune Lisa, um, which of course has a ridiculous rhythm section behind it of Dan Nimmer, David Wong, and Aaron Kimmel. Um, and it's, it's just, uh, great when you can hear someone play, um, Barry Sachs in a way that's like, it's in front of the band. And like, that's not something that I feel is, is, I mean, I think it's maybe becoming more common now or might've always been common and I just didn't really know about it. Um, but, uh, he's great, you know, obviously, um, spent a lot of time with, uh, with Joe Temperley, who was an, another, you know, um, amazing baritone saxophone player um and i'm really excited to uh listen to the rest of the record coming out this month because i haven't listened to it at all so yeah it comes out what day is today today is july 2nd it comes out on the 12th yeah 12th next friday 19 i don't know whatever next friday is uh the 12th that would be it comes on the 12th, the 12th. Yeah. yeah i was right okay i know my dates <laughs> 
so yeah, that's also with some of his uh, Jazz Lincoln Center uh, comrades, I guess. Comrades is probably not the right word to use. But, friends, uh, you know. Dan Nimmer, friends is probably better. Dan Nimmer's on piano. And David Wong on bass and um, Rodney Green, I think, on drums. Yeah. Oh, wait, right. no. Aaron and, Kimmel. Uh, oh, Aaron Kimmel. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, Aaron Kimmel, who I went to school with. Wow. And Aaron has been playing with Benny Green, which is pretty cool. Yo, and Benny Green is ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Uh, anyway, so let's keep on moving here. So we got one, two, three, four. This is number five. And this is from uh, a vocalist. Why don't you tell us about this release? Yeah, so uh, Jasmia Horn, um, Dallas-born singer. Um, great. <laughs> she, she's really good. Um, and kind of, uh, oh God, it's kind of hard to think of, like, who she reminds me of. Like, she, like, maybe a little bit like Cecile uh, McLaurin-Savant or, or whatnot. But anyways, ridiculous um, singer. Like great at uh, scatting and and great tone and and um, uh, touch and, and like delicacy throughout all of it and all and so she released a her debut album in 2017 called A Social Call which was nominated for a Grammy last year if you didn't know that um, fast forward to now and in August of this upcoming year is when she's going to release her next record uh, Love and Liberation and so for her she she kind of describes it as like love and liberation like those two topics go hand in hand. Um, and they both describe where she's at, like in life and her career right now. Um, and so she says, like, you know, they kind of play off of each other as in like an act of love is an act of liberation and choosing to liberate oneself or another is an act of love. So pretty deep stuff, if you ask me. But this is a single or at least the first single of what's come off the record um, that I think people will really enjoy listening to. Um, almost sounds maybe a little bit like. Um, like a way Dee Dee Bridgewater would, or Diana Reeves, Diana Reeves would approach with her trio, and um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just it's really good. It's just one of those things where I was able to like sit back and not try and think about it and just en enjoy it. <laughs> nice. I'm sure. Yeah, I've heard her sing before. She's very, very, very great singer. Um, so I'm looking forward to checking that one out. And now we're getting into the real legend. Jazz legend section of the playlist here. The next two. Uh, so why don't you tell us about this uh, Ron Carter album? I think it has an interesting story. Yeah. So this is an interesting album. Um, so Blue Note uh, released it, let's see, June 7th. Uh, so almost just a month ago now. And it's uh, Ron Carter and then this novelist, poet, uh, abstract expressionist movement painter, Danny Simmons. Um, so like Ron Carter, I think if you're listening to this, you most likely are pretty um, familiar with, with where he's from. Sir Ron Carter, like sure. the jazz bassist, you know, played with Miles Davis, like ridiculous amount of recording discography and everything. Um, Simmons, though, is the co-founder of Deaf Poetry Jam. Um, he was like okay. Tony Award winning and whatnot. So it's a combination the the album's project in general is a combination of Ron Carter's bass lines and Simmons reciting poetry, um, which was like really interesting because then that goes back to like uh like when we were studying jazz history at school, uh, Leon Anderson who taught it was like is like really into hip hop and rap and often like when we get into modern jazz explains like 
the the um the, how that started and like the bridging between it like with poetry and uh and jazz like when you look at like the last poets and whatnot so it's really interesting to hear that go through and whatnot um for this playlist i ended up picking ron carter playing there will never be another you um which there's no spoken poetry over this it's just ridiculous playing um but i think people that are really uh want to hear something that, that like really want to hear something different and are really open to um new collaborations uh across arts you know being like uh music and um spoken word will be really interesting really interested in it uh other people that are also on the record uh donald vega playing piano russell malone's on it um you know they do other tunes like uh here's to oscar which is kind of like a, a tipping of the hat to uh oscar pettifer the great bass player um and so it, it does that while at the same time it talks about some of like simmons artworks which is uh from this book the brown beatnik tomes book um, which is evidently where the title comes from. So Simmons is supposedly has talked about how like he, whenever he writes poetry and whatnot, like he hears a rhythm and like everyone has that cadence while they talk. And so they kind of play off that back and forth between um, the playing and everything. And I think, I just think it was a really interesting project and something that a lot of people uh, might enjoy. There are some explicit tracks on there, but you know, who cares? That's cool. Not this one. <laughs> yeah, not this one. Uh, but the final stand of two Dick Willie, like that one, the, the Jigaboo Waltz, you know, so definitely check it out, but I think you'll, uh, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. It's cool to see someone of his age, not, you know, not that he ever did, but not resting on his laurels and trying to do new projects all the time and not, you know, just doing different things and not being stuck in one thing. Cause that was what got them to that place in the first place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, moving on to our another another drum legend here, Al Foster. Yeah, uh, Al Foster <laughs> yeah. definitely knows some things. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. And so he just put out his new record, uh, Inspirations and Dedications, which has like Jeremy Pelt on it, Dana Stevens, uh, Adam Birnbaum playing piano, and Doug Weiss playing bass. Um, I mean, there's not really much to say about it. It's It's honestly just like a phenomenal record. This is one that I actually have been looking forward to because I found it, I don't know, on Amazon a month or something ago because, you know, they don't like to show me what records just came out. They want to show me what comes out in three months. Um, sure. But it, it's a great record. Like they have a, they they definitely reference like a lot of older compositions. Like they have uh, Antelope Island on it. And then they have uh, Jean-Pierre, which is uh, like a Miles Davis composition that, um, Al Foster played with uh, Miles on in like, I don't know, the early 80s or something. I can't remember what record that's off of. Um, but I know mm -hmm. it's a Miles composition, or at least one that Miles has taken claim to. So, um, yeah, yeah, and there's some Al Foster's, uh, some of his own compositions on here. But, I mean, really, it's it's a uh, phenomenal record. And I it's, you know, just a great, for the most sake, uh, straight ahead tune or, or, or record at least on here. And it's, um, I think people will really enjoy it. Like, I mean, there, you can't go wrong when you get like Dana Stevens and Jeremy Pelt first off in front of a group. And then when you have someone like Al Foster, who's played and recorded with, you know, Art Pepper, Sonny Rollins, McCoy Tyner, like behind you, 
Good job. I'm like, there you go. Yeah. yeah so it's from the 1982 album. We want miles. Ooh. That's what it's from. There we go. That's where it's from. It's the opening track. Also featuring Bill Evans on saxophone, Mike Stern on guitar, Marcus Miller, Al Foster, Mino Sinelu. So 1982. So that's cool. It's nice to find these little threads <laughs> uh, through jazz yeah. history. And now a probably legendary to anyone under the age of 28, 29, uh, YouTube sensation and musician Jacob Collier. Yeah. Um, Jacob Collier. So to people that are over the age of 28 or 29, like Nick, um, Jacob Collier <laughs> got famous on YouTube. We'll, we'll say for the sake of this, we'll say because he's known for, um, his ability to sing and like understand harmony, which is ridiculous. Um, but like he records himself in thousands and thousands of tracks over and over using his voice to create like the entire composition. Um, he also can play like every instrument you ever put in front of him and loops it and ridiculous stuff. Um, and so he just put out, uh, this, well, just earlier in June, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, whatever, I think June 13th, June 14th around there. Um, this version of a Mancini and Mercer classic moon river. Um, which if you guys can playlist is killing, go look up the video of it because he's known for his video work and what's incredible. And so it starts off with like, um, different people and little snapshots of their head as they're all singing, um, moon, but he has people like Herbie Hancock, who's a really good friend of him sing at the beginning, like Daniel Caesar, uh, Ty Dolla Sign. Who's <laughs> Yeah, tons of people going on to it. And then he finally uh, takes it into his own um, composition where he then covers every part throughout of it. And he's just someone that's like very well known for being able to create like a, a soundscape of, um, of, of music. You know, there's like there's very few times too with him that there's only one voice ever singing a line. It's usually about 13 voices singing a line. So... Okay. Be open to that. Like, it, like it's it's a lot. Like it's really it's kind of like eating like really 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 rich chocolate, where you're like, wow, that was really <laughs> like that was overwhelmingly rich, but like it's like that with harmony. Um. So mm -hmm. you just have to be like really open to that. And I found like with some of his stuff, I can only listen to so much Jacob Collier at at the same time, just because there's so much going on. Um. Yeah, I'm this is him. not one of those tracks. Like, I think he does a really good job of uh, of having a balance between things here. So if you normally aren't a fan of Jacob Collier, or if you think it is too overwhelming like that, like, do not feel about it with this one. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I was like, I really like this one a lot. It kind of takes some time to build up. But uh, once it builds up, it's it's there and it goes. <laughs> so I think people will enjoy it. Excellent. So either listen to it first on the playlist, but then you can <laughs> yeah. go to YouTube and find it. Uh, and that leads us to our number one track for June 2019. Uh, and of course, of course, you picked this as your favorite track because Alan can't separate himself from the trumpet. Ooh, and, jokes uh, on you. You are assuming because it is Avishai Cohen, the <laughs> bass player. 
Ooh, okay. All right. I tried to go in and uh, yeah, yeah. it didn't work out. So uh, this is why you don't make assumptions, ladies and gentlemen. Avishai Cohen, the bass player, um, the Israeli bass player, uh, just released a new record um, from... Uh, okay, again, I say just. This was like early June. Anyways, I'm like obsessed with his stuff uh, because he has such an interesting way. And I'm sure many other people do this that are not in America or at least just gotten out of college um, where the way that they deal with rhythm. Um, because okay. I'm very into right now, at least this idea of like establishing a, a constant whether it's a rhythmic thing, whether it's a pedal thing, whether whatever it is, and then adding things layering on top of it that don't necessarily um, line up exactly. Or like, you know, like, like a baseline's constant, and then like it adds in the other uh, stuff on top of it, and it gets like really rhythmically complex um, and all, but that's like what holds it together is the way of how like that initial thing um, introduced works. So like this track starts off with uh with piano playing a rhythmic idea and then the rest of the band joins in and it's just uh yeah I mean it's it's ridiculous playing like Avishai Cohen is nuts um for anyone that knows Avishai Cohen he was probably shirtless during the recording session because it seems like he can't play a concert where he doesn't take off his shirt halfway through it um really yeah there's like tons of yeah you should look it up there's a lot of concerts where he's like playing live and then at some point like he ends up playing the bass shirtless okay well this is news yeah to me. so i guess i don't watch enough yeah it's, it's okay but i mean you know so he um let's see what in the 90s he got a call to go play with chick korea and uh that's right. where i guess he kind of blew up uh internationally at least um, but you know, again, obviously Cohen, the bass player, ridiculous, uh, go check out his compositions. I mean, they're all great. None of them are, are bad by any means, but this was just one that I liked. Well, there we go. Is it the opening track? No, I don't or think is it, uh... um, it's track three. Track three. Nice. Well, there you go. We have this pretty well-rounded playlist here. I think a lot of, a lot of different things, different projects. And uh, you can, after you listen to those 10, you can see the rest of the year, see the rest of this year, at least 2019's playlist. There's been a lot of cool things that came out this year. I mean, there's cool things every year, but uh, um, yeah, a lot of great stuff. And looking forward to the rest of the summer. I would imagine it might get a little slower coming up here until the fall. Maybe August will be busy, but July is usually a, a slower month, so best of luck in your search for new releases yeah, this month thanks alan <laughs> no i'm sure there's still things yeah, coming out most of the big artists get stuff out in june right. and may may and june april but um but yeah so thanks for being here go find our spot our spotify playlist this is jazz today you can find it also on our website outsideinmusic.com and uh, we'll be back with another episode of the Playlist Podcast next month. Uh, without uh, further ado, I'll let you get back to your life. We'll see you next time.